You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. You know, people ask me quite a bit, what's a go-to publication for great wines? I always steer them to Audrey Frick, senior editor at jebdunnick.com, an independent commentary on top wines from top regions. 100% independent and subscriber-funded. So no big glossy ads, no pay-to-play hanky-panky bullshit. Just honest reviews. You want the truth? You just have to subscribe. Take a listen to the stories of a true road warrior in the wine business, Audrey Frick. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Audrey Frick, one of my favorite journalists, critics, wine people in the business, uh, brilliant at her job and a great friend. And we're here to say hello and uh, close out the 23, looking forward to 24. We just knocked off a Magnum Champagne, so we're in, we're in good spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Happy New Year, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say, I, I'm, we were chatting about it, but you cover Tuscany, you cover Piedmont, you cover Champagne. You cover Sonoma. I mean, like, you, like, it's, we'll get to this, but that is such an amazing chunk of work to have to write about. Um, so we're going to do, we're going to dive into that. So give, give somebody just to start, what would be a typical day on the road if there's such a thing? Because I'm sure region to region is different, but like, how much driving, writing, tasting are you doing? So... A typical day on the road. <laughs> well, it's first of all, this is only my, I'm a year and a half in. And so that's changed pretty dramatically from when I started right. last April or whenever that was, um, minus <laughs> 16 months or so. Um, you know, on the road, I, I think now I have a pretty solid routine. Mm-hmm. I think I wake up at about, 6.30, 7 in the morning, try to like find a little moment of zen, try to find coffee. Right. And I'm starting to like find, and that, that changes from, I mean, I have all these, like you said, I, I have some incredible homes away from home here in New York City. So, uh, so I wake up, I pretty much hit the road as quickly as I can. No matter where you are. Yeah. What's funny, uh, we, we had a great conversation while we were trying to you know, down this entire Magnum Champagne uh, with, with others. Uh, it there wasn't were people just the here. Tourists. It's not us. Um, and what was interesting, which I loved, is because it applies to everyday life. You try to strike a balance uh, no matter where I am. I'm in Piedmont. I'm in Sonoma. I'm in Oregon. I get up, have my coffee, my meditation, whatever, yeah. get some exercise in and sleep, which sleep I love. Sleep is the number one <laughs> priority in my life. Um, yeah, when I'm on the road, I, I've, I've learned that it's, I have a hard out that I, by no later than 10, am I like going right. down for the count yeah. and it's, it, I treat it. That is the, that is actually the most sacred thing we're in a working, coming from a restaurant background, sleep was whenever it came sure. and yeah. it was much harder. But let, I'm going to put this in perspective for people who are listening. When you're a road warrior, yeah. Uh, we travel as well. Um, it is 
so uh, usual if you're visiting a winery and you're tasting that, you know, all of a sudden it's like 10 o'clock, you've tasted everything, you had a meal, and they want to break out the grappa, and then they, oh, mm. what's your birth year? Oh, you were born in <laughs> 1976. You know, that's a great vintage. I have some in my cellar. Hold on. We're going to open a bottle of 1976. And that's a very typical role. So when Audrey says the heart out, she means like she's got to escape that kind of like incredible hospitality you want to partake in, but you're like, no. I gotta get up. Yeah, yeah. There are, I mean, that's, that was something I learned rather early on. Cause like going out, it's, it, everyone's, everyone does want to show their best and it's an exciting time. You know, they're proud of their work and yeah. you're with some incredible people. I mean, I cover some of the most incredible regions with the, the most beautiful people in the world. And, uh, it's, it's hard to say like, no, I'm, I'm so sorry. I need to, I need to be by myself tonight. And saying no is the is is a hard thing for myself, um, and is a skill to learn for sure. <laughs> it, it's it's a tough one because um, the responsibility you have once you leave that domain. So if you have that grappa and you drink that bottle from your birth year, you have all your tasting notes, yeah. and you still have to apply your like you know your wine critic mind Absolutely. to write about these wines in a, in a, a way and score them, at, you know, which is almost the weird thing of like, you can't get too intimate with somebody because, um, True. you know, like, Oh, then grandmother shows up and grandfather. And he talks about coming back from the, you know, the, the first world war. And that's when he started. You're like, Oh my God, how do I not give these people a couple extra points? Well, or it's, know, it's hard to separate yeah, yourself. Right? I, I think, well, I've, I've beaten myself up a lot over the past year and a half over that. Um, at the end of the day though, I think we're in such a wonderful space in the world where it's, you know, for the most part, people are making great wine, right? right? That's good. For the yeah. most part. And we're, we're looking, we're talking about regions that are pretty, and you know, I've had some challenges like, you know, we, we, we dealt with smoke fires and in Oregon and, and, Oregon yeah, and Sonoma, yeah. like yeah. pretty significantly. I got thrown to the wolves like yeah. with 2020. Um, but at the end of the day, like I'm there to advocate for the consumer and to be honest and give uh, feedback so that people know what they're expecting. And also people are making such great wines now though, yeah. and they're doing the best they can. And knowing that it takes a lot of the pressure off. Uh, Jeb wrote a wonderful uh, short article on what did it, what does great wine mean? I'm, I'm probably, right. I need to look up what he actually titled the short piece, but I felt like he really encapsulated what, what it is to be a wine critic in a very short, succinct, uh, essay where I feel like a lot of people have written books, not, not, not that there isn't purpose in writing long, long books, but he really nailed it on the head. And, you know, great wine, what's, what separates great wine from okay wine yeah. from, you know, from, and good, look, good we can, yeah. we can enjoy wine we don't always have to be drinking wine that's 100 points yes. 98 points right. 96 points mm -hmm. remember that's the that's the uh, that's the top echelon of the and those are wines that are going to improve with age those are wines right. that are going to change that compel other levels of your senses and are intellectual as well as hedonistic yeah. so um but there's nothing to say that uh, an everyday wine can't be just as enjoyable in the moment. I agree. Also, and, the people behind it. And I, the people behind yeah, it, absolutely. Right. I mean, it makes a huge difference. Ray Isle was just on. We talked about his new book, uh, The World in a Wine Glass. And, and he most of the wines he talked about were, you know, 50 bucks, 30 bucks. And 
to your point exactly. Like I care more that they care about their vineyard and they're doing the right thing and it's organic and they care about the planet and and it is a big family. But you, unfortunately, you know, Ray doesn't have to give scores, right? So uh, you know, we were joking, like, what's the difference between eighty eight and eighty nine? So that's a great question. Right? But like you know, so I a producer that comes to the top of my mind is uh, Cho in Oregon mm-hmm. in the Willamette Valley and. I just think those wines are just so much fun. Mm-hmm. They're lively. There's energy behind them. They're poppy and fresh. And there's like a slight kind of wild character and not in a funky supernatural right. way. Like I just think that they're, but they're not going to be super right now where right. what I've experienced from mm-hmm. their wines. And, and this is not a knock right. there to me though. Those are like solid everyday drinking wines that have a lot of personality. Right. And so, are they going to be 92s, 95s, or 96s? Probably not right now. But mm-hmm. but right now, like the wines, but when I give something 88 or an 89, you know, then this is something I talk with Jeb a lot about. Like 88 is pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Keep that in mind. Like just for everyone out there, don't, I mean, I know there's some of us in my friend circle who are like, oh, I won't touch anything over 92, under 92. <laughs> I will never forget Gary Vaynerchuk. <laughs> Gary Vaynerchuk said to me once during that the heyday of Parker Points. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, and particularly in Australia, there were so many like ninety three, whatever. And I was talking to him, and I said, "Hey, oh, and this wine just you know just you know I just got like ninety three or four. And he's like, "Yeah, it's, it's not a ninety five though, is it? Yeah, that nuance. That's how obsessive we were about points. That like we were cutting hairs on one fucking point would make a difference." On a retail shelf. Those days, are, thank God, most of those days yeah. are way behind us. Because Let as a culture, me stress about that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. please. No but one it, else should is, be is, is that the shittiest part of the job, scoring? You know, at first, I, play, I played so much. Uh, I didn't understand what, what it meant right. to me. Yeah, yeah. And right. so it was like, so much of it is subjective, right? And yeah. yes, look, I, I, I do think, though, objective quality, like, look, that's why we study wine. That's why we right. taste in an analytical manner. That's right. why we blind taste. That's why mm-hmm. we go to schools or, or organizations to right. do these things. And I do believe in ability to taste. Right. And le- but it, I do think it's also a learned skill. And 100%, so yes. now there's the objective, right? It's like, okay, what transcends to art? Mm-hmm. Where is that line? You know, uh, I came up in music. I went to see the New York Philharmonic a couple times this past season. Something right. that, you know, I haven't done in a long you time. You played the French horn. People should listen to the uh, my previous episode with you. It gives your entire history and background, which is so amazing. So look into the archives. But yeah, I mean, it, what? where does it cross the line into art? And even at that level, yeah. you know, you're any fan of mm-hmm. any group or band or whatever you're into, right. we're all going to be we are all critics at heart yeah, every true. and and especially the deeper you get into something the more you know kind of fine-tuned it becomes and so I, I found myself at the new york philharmonic and i went to two concerts and one of the first one i was so let my husband was like oh my gosh i he felt so bad he was like i'm so sorry i took you to this you're so angered by this yeah. performance and i was just like well i know it's not what the new york philharmonic is capable of and then we went to the second concert and I was like, see, yeah. this is what the New York Philharmonic is about. And, and could this is the, the power. This is the energy. This is the yeah. this is the gravitas. This right. is like everything. This is what this orchestra is and capable of. Could he of. feel that? Absolutely. See, that's right. that's it was great. wild. Yeah. And and so I think it's like, look, though at the end of the day, 
our job is to find hope, hopefully help mm. consumers and and everyone find something that they love to drink. If you disagree with me or with Jeb or with XYZ, sure. great. Yeah. Find something. But if we help you find what you love, that is even that is the most powerful tool that you can have in your arsenal and to to empower people to do that for themselves right. is all it's all about it. Yeah. We're lucky we get to taste things like, you know, whether it's retrospectives or, you know, ahead of, you know, the curve and sure. in a, in a in a comprehensive way. It's it's wild. You know, that's the, you know, and so there's no back to your first question okay. if we ever yes. never answered it. But, you know, I mean, I, I meet with about five producers a day or I sit in a, a room that's been organized by a consortio or a, an organization, whether it's the Sonoma County Vintners or the um, or the Oregon Wine Board, or the Willamette Valley Vintners. Uh, they're tremendous resources that, right. you know, make calls out. And so, you know, basically I start my day anywhere between <laughs> I, I think it was uh, who I was I think it was at Kistler. And I had a, a 6 a.m. or something. And Oof. I was like, hey, man, I'm ready for you. Yeah. If you're willing to meet with me at 6, I'm I'm here yeah. for it. I the, love early morning uh, tasting. By the way, right? Because uh, early morning, your palate is sharper. So, uh, I, you know, I it's, think so. So if if people want to try this, I know. Get, set your alarm clock for 7 o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> put six bottles of wine on your kitchen table. Get up and taste them. And at the end of the day, tell me they don't taste different. But there's just something yeah. magical about that yeah. time of day yeah. in any region. Like yeah. before things have – and I, ju- I really do find tasting in the morning is mm. incredible. And then – you know, you do build, it's an endure. At first I was, uh, it took a lot of, um, I would probably taste the wines too many times at right. first. And then it's like, no, trust yourself. You learn to trust yourself and sure. build your own lexicon for, mm-hmm. uh, things. And yeah. So, so anywhere from, I, I try to count my wines at about a hundred at the moment in a day. I try not to do any more than that. So that's, think about that. The, but for me, that's in a day. That's a lot. It. So, so not just tasting a hundred. Writing like really notes that you're going to understand because I, I, being a taster myself, I remember at the very beginning, I would take a bunch of notes and then uh, be drunk and wouldn't be able to read them the next day. <laughs> you, unfortunately, have the world on your shoulders with your uh, opinion about what you're going to write about this. So your writing has to be precise. Um, and also uh, what people listening should know is like you're by yourself. You're in a room by yourself yeah. with other people, winemakers. But you're in a car driving 300 kilometers, 50 miles, by yourself to go somewhere, sometimes getting lost. <laughs> we'll get to the travel part. But like, it's a, it's a really solitary um, exercise. You know, you say it's solitary. I feel like, and this comes from someone who used to sure. be around hundreds and hundreds of people a right. day in a restaurant. Sure. To me, I, I feel like I have so many, the world becomes smaller. Right. I really think that, you know, almost everywhere I go, there's someone that someone is in proximity to me that like, whether I expected it or not, yeah. someone's around and it's just like, oh, you're here in Montalcino. Like I've run into like random people from auction houses or wherever. The wine world is small. And, and I love yeah. that about it because, you know, again, as long as you like people, I, I, I don't ever... F- Sure, I miss home. No right. question. I miss New when York. You're on the road. And I love and it makes me cherish my time at home. Absolutely, but I really never f- the more I'm doing this, like the closer home feels. It's right. it's wild. But 
people, this isn't, you don't go away for like four days. You're, no. you're, you're gone for like three weeks at a time. So a, a month a, at a time. A minimum of 10 days. So right. I go, 10 days is really the goal. Yeah. Um, but some of my regions I've really felt, especially early on now, I've, I'm committed to, I feel like when I, when you say Piedmont, you know, it's like really I'm, I'm covering Burl and Barbaresco, but, and those are two very, you know, substantial regions. So I felt like, you know, to, even though I know the wines and I've drank the wines forever, I really felt like it was important to immerse myself in the region, sure. especially as, as I think certain places in particular, I need to spend more time. Yeah. Piedmont, Champagne, absolutely. Champagne is massive. Champagne is a, uh, is a beast. So we should talk quickly about this explosive growth of the last six years of grower champagne, Yeah, which is great. I mean, you know, it's fantastic. I mean, I, we, you and I were having champagne last night for some small producer uh, that A&P brings in. And I mean, I, I'm happy. You're, I mean, we're all yeah. happy about this, that like we're drinking so much more champagne and the quality is there. And it's just uh, it's um, so, exciting. so happy to see people not drinking the fucking orange label. Damn straight. Just I mean, makes no, me no, no disrespect. No, 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 that's the Coca-Cola of champagnes, and that's let's call it like uh, like it is. And but it's so great to see small families that have been farming for fifty years who decide to do something on their own, or from nineteen fifty have always been doing it, getting the recognition they deserve. No question. Right. On, but just I do think there's a, a middle ground there mm-hmm. that I would like to address, just because sure. yeah, I think because yeah. I I do champion the I. W- built a list of grower champagne that was, and I was pretty, pretty adamant about it. But, um, I will say that don't overlook a lot of the houses. I think there is so much tremendous work that you guys, uh, here at T Edward carry the, the Biacart wines. I did a a retrospective of black label. Okay. In my last report, like, They've changed the way those wines have evolved. They've the the attention to detail in some of those houses. I think is is really phenomenal. And especially when you think about it, like you know, they're the wine we had last. Night, I don't even know the producer to be I honest. Forget I forget it. I as forget well. it. Never heard of it. Right. I'm going to have to go back downstairs right. and take. I didn't take a picture. <laughs> I took a picture. I okay, forgot. great. Thank yeah. you. You'll send but, that over. Yes, <laughs> we'll I will post for sure. On the and, and we have a magnum of uh, uh, yeah. Christophe Baron's, like totally. which I never had before, and we were just like. Oh shit, Pinot Meunier, man, that's good. So, yeah. champagne, you know, it's it's um, it's so complex, and lovers of champagne really dive into it. I think you know from the high level, but I also never want to lose people from enjoying champagne at yes, a, right. and I really think that you should be able to pick up a bottle and feel really good about it at mm. any like at any price point, yeah. at any like level, and you should never just. Just it's champagne is joy. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> and, I, and I think I, it can be it can be as simple as like a, a holiday celebration, but they're also really serious champagne growth. Oh, like hell yeah. a lot, like there's so much Pinot Noir production that's going on in a really there are powerful styles of champagne that I think are are incredible and versatile and can stand up to steaks and um, really rich rich sure. cuisines the, and the the, the the dawning of like Pinot Meunier like hundred percent that are like celebrating Pinot Meunier which has a kind of more for me I can always this darker iron kind of red fruit which does yeah. stand up to everything um, but yeah I love it so let's get to some of the crazy yeah, yeah. questions okay <laughs> give me the crazy surprise from one of the regions you visited oh my gosh. Um, well, okay. So are we talking like crazy surprise, like wine wise, or are we talking oh, like- let's, let's go like off the more... Venice Trail. Let's go <laughs> off the Venice Trail and go crazy. <laughs> okay. Um, 
Well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky. Again, like, again, I cover Sonoma is a beautiful place, but it's, it's vast. And you can't, you can't put Sonoma in a box of Healdsburg. Right. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's everything from Carneros all the way up. And, Which is huge. And On the true Sonoma coast, yeah. you have high elevation. You're five miles from the ocean and salt and fog and cold. And yeah. I didn't, yeah. I mean, a lot of my, I would say most of my, like, ex, I, it's not so much surprising about the people necessarily. It's mostly, like, my driving. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. Uh, I get, I, I've had a couple, like, scary ish moments like not because of any influence or anything like that it's just you know i'm i'm a new yorker i don't drive here in the city and you're on these windy roads and so you go up to someone like jasmine hirsch or andy pay yeah and you know he says fill up the gas tank before you leave i'm like oh i'm totally fine like there's no way it's i you plug it in on google maps or apple of and like then, hairpin turns. And, and it's like, yeah. you know, you're burning yeah. fuel and, you know, just, there. just running to, on yeah. fumes. I know, it's crazy. And yeah. it's these crazy windy roads that are like, and he's just like, oh, it's a good thing you came up by yourself because, you know, notoriously people show up in a van or something and like three people get out and hurl on the side yeah, of the yeah, road. Right. <laughs> like, so, you know, it's just like, uh, I, I think the biggest thing is like in, in P, for that Piedmont where, or, and I think this might be true in lots of parts of Italy, but there are multiple same addresses. So you oh, really yeah. need to, the pin is very important. On your the GPS pin, map. The GPS pin oh, okay. and under figuring out whatever works for you is yeah. really crucial because you can end up pretty Pretty, pretty far. <laughs> and, and also, because I've done it before, like, you're like, oh, this is the estate, and you drive in, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and there's these gates, and you drive in, this dog's barking, and it's not the right estate, and they're like, who the fuck are you? I mean, like, oh, I, shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fairly lucky. Like, I, I did drive into someone's backyard, and I had this little, like, kind of rat terrier, like, yeah. barking at me. I was like, this is like... Yeah. We're in the we're in the burbs. Yeah, <laughs> like we're not in I, like downtown Barbaresco. I, I did. Uh, like, we were chatting before, and um, you're the only person ever in Italy to drive an electric car. Oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> yeah that was. Don't do that yet. I, I'm a big I'm a big believer in electric vehicles and power alternative yeah. powers, and but don't don't get an electric vehicle. Uh, there's your yeah. tip. Um, the other tip I really loved, which I I uh, uh, simpatico with you on, is the Best Western that you stayed. At. Oh yeah, where was that? Is that Montalcino? Oh no, that's in in Champagne. In Champagne, yes. And you said uh, it was fancy. It is gorgeous. The yeah. Hotel de la Paix. Yeah, could I not was recommend in one it in enough. Cassis, and I was with my family, and I thought, all right, well, fine, it'll be a Best Western infinity pool. Oh, it's gorgeous. Sweet. 125 euros and I'm like the best western has it might, this be, a, idea. It might be like 140 something yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was like a season, and it was like 125 I was yeah. shocked how great it was I mean gorgeous so don't discount best western there's no, your traveling I'm, tip I'm a big uh, believer are you writing more or less than you thought you would oh more yeah I don't well I don't know what I expected to be truthful <laughs> I yeah. think I kind of dove in and and I I, th- I don't really think I understood this understood the scope of it all um but also just realizing that I don't need to be the definitive end all be all on every subject every time. You right. know, it's like it, it, it's a lot more, but 
I always, I might, you, I think myself and probably many, many, if there are any, if there's anyone out there that isn't their own worst enemy, yeah, <laughs> come, right. come, can we meet? Send us a like, note. Send, send us a little, send like, Audrey Frick a note. Uh, I'd love to like, yeah. uh, so do you write in a journal or do you use a computer? Oh, computer. Okay. We use, uh, we use Excel, okay. um, for most of, for our note taking. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm definitely signing Jeb up for their, Evernote, we, something? No. no, there's a competition. There's an Excel. Microsoft Excel has a annual competition of like breaking. I don't know. Jeb would be great with formulas. We've, I've learned more formulas than I ever thought. Oh, wow. I never knew that I would be an Excel person. Wow. But, uh, and for, now? But now okay. I, I'm getting there. Good I'm not, to know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go crazy. Don't like quiz me too much on, okay. on it, but I have some good formulas up there. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, okay. You have a favorite region. Ooh, that's too hard. I, I, they're have. all, I love all my children okay. now, um, equally. Um, you know, I, I think that champ, they each have their own, they're so unique and they're so, I love each one of them I feel so grateful to have because there's something so tremendous in every one of them. And like, sh- like we were just talking about champagne. Champagne is endless and it drives me crazy because it's like, again, how do you, for all these people who are turbo nerds on champagne who know, who want to know disgorgement dates, yeah. dosage, everything, like we'll all Peter the Liam's details. Book on yeah. champagne. Yes, right. And I love Peter. Peter yeah. is a wild, I've, I've done glassware. He's the champagne nerd. We yeah. have tasted yeah. out of, I've yeah. been at his home and tasted, like we've done the same wines for like eight hours out of different glasses and it's wild. So you can really get granular, but yeah. you know, it's, how do you make it accessible? How do yeah. you make people, how do you speak about it in a way that's not going to lose everyone? Yeah. So, um, so I, the answer is yes and no. Um, but you know, it's like I, I love Sonoma. I love I, I don't know. I'm 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 personally drink probably more, especially this time of year, Nebbiolo, Champagne. Okay. I drink a lot of Piedmont this time of year. Yeah, I do. I, 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 uh, it's a fall. Yes, it's a time. No question. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, it's uh, it craves and then, and then all the foods that yeah. we're having now yeah. and like. Okay, what region would you love to cover that you're not covering? Oh, so I've toyed with the, like. I always, I love my heart and I have roots in Burgundy, but it's such a massive undertaking. Oof, and then it's yeah. also the amount of the levels of disappointment that you can have. Now, yeah. I don't want to, I feel like no. that's also maybe a caricature of, of Burgundy that we all kind of fall mm. into. But it's like, I, I feel like so many of my regions have, I, I really believe that, yes, that, do I have prestige wine regions? Yeah. Absolutely. But I, I really find there's tremendous value in each of them. Yeah. And um, so and Burgundy would be the region. You'd I think love to if cover? It, I think it's okay. just the region that I that I love to drink, and I also yeah. I'm fascinated with Bordeaux. I love drinking Bordeaux. I don't get to drink enough of it. Yeah. By the way, so um, this is funny because we're both in the wine business, and I don't drink enough Bordeaux, and I love mm-hmm. Bordeaux. I buy Bordeaux off a couple of websites, and there's just nothing like sitting with an old Saint Staff or absolutely. I mean, like even the uh, the Trico, the second, third labels like that have some bottle age. There's nothing like them. I, don't I know. know. You know, it's uh, like you know, it's every once in a while, like <laughs> like when I go out to dinner with Jeb, I'm like, can we drink Bordeaux? Yeah, like, know, right? like, can yeah. we or Rhone? I mean, yeah. I, I he has some great. Range. He loves. Rhone. I mean, we 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 cover some. I. I'm partial to what we cover just generally yeah. in the well, site, but I'm going to give a um, shout out to Jeb, yeah. uh, jebdunnick.com. Um, that, uh, you guys have one of the best, um, you know, if, if people are searching for what do I want to drink and what reviews are real, um, that are, you know, 
to people traveling the world, finding fantastic wine, it's uh, jebdonick.com. Thank you. And, That's and you guys do such an amazing job and there's no like advertisements and nobody's buying pages on your, that I mean, true. it's true. Yeah. Like people like you, one person in a car traveling the world and just being <laughs> honest about wine with your incredible experience before you even stepped into this position. So I, I find Thank so you. much truth and veracity in what you do and I would highly recommend anyone listening to jump on that. Um, so, uh, let's see. Give me a prediction or style of wine you think that might be taken off. That's a hard question because mm. yeah, could could anyone have predicted orange wine would have been what it was or pet nats or yeah, I think the natural, the f- super funky mousy world that's gone. I think that's yeah. gone. Yeah. I don't, I don't, in, I don't get that. You know, I I say that and then it's like <laughs> I did have a glass like a couple nights ago, but whatever. Yeah. You know, but. I feel like that there isn't like this this rage for that. Yeah. It sort of was like the the craze of sour beer, you know. Yeah. Like I don't, I I Still lived like in Colorado. That's fine, I do but love but because I love the, kombucha. But also like, right. the, but yeah. also the, the cycling yeah. of how like IPAs back yes. like 10, True. 12, yeah. 15 years ago, right. whatever it is now, like how it was like make a double IPA and then a triple IPA. And it was like, everyone was kind of chasing this yeah. hop w- moment. How about we knock and you down, then, just rub dry hops all over yeah, your face. Yeah, and then right? the sour beer yeah. fa- and, and like the crooked staves of the world came and, that, and, and they absolutely are deserving of their See? place. And, but I, I don't find we're, and then of course now it's, I, I feel like everyone's trying to find the crispest Pilsner. Yeah. So what do you see coming around the bend in the wine world? You know, that's interesting. I think, um, think you know it's just maybe it's top of mind because i was speaking with her and i mentioned her a moment ago but uh i was speaking with jasmine hirsch um Mm -hmm. about you know she's always aired on the side of like um like on the very ethereal kind of bright linear leaner styles like before she took over as winemaker and I, I think there is some a little more extraction coming out of some of those producers that right. were on the very the other spectrum. Mm-hmm. I think you're starting to see a little bit more balance and like and depth and real serious. I mean, we're talking. I think we're talking about seriously age worthy wines now, okay. where it's like you know something that was like maybe I don't. Know, and we'll have to see. You know how will those wines age over the next couple decades? But I, I am seeing like. A little bit more mediation. Like I feel like, like people, what varietals though, both like in spectrums. I feel or, like the people who were yeah. going for like overly bombastic styles right. that were like super heavy oak. I feel like everyone's those people are dialing it back. Okay. And I feel like the people who were like going for super lean, mean, like racy, super austere wines are bringing it up. Like I, I think another, you know, Savart was a, is a great per, mm-hmm. ex, ex, example of Champagne. this. I feel like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I've, I, I mean, I tasted some, and they're so red fruited now where, you know, I remember maybe it's my taste, maybe it's my palate, maybe it's me, but, um, and where I am now, but I remember those wines as being really austere and mean yeah. and pretty like, I mean, we all loved them as Psalms. We were yeah. like, yeah, acid yeah, heads, no, we, like, yeah. let's no, go. No, totally. Like, like hurt, my, hurt the enamel pain. on my teeth. Yeah. And right. now those wines have like real depth and complexity and there's yeah. like something else there that I don't really, I would, I would love to do a comparison. I've, I, I have not yet to sit down with him and taste and right. I would love to do that um, more meaningfully in the future. But, um, Always hard to pick what's the next trend, though. But it, I think it depends on the region. Yeah. I think, and it, I don't want to make vast uh, generalizations about wine in general. Like we were kind of talking earlier about, you know, the younger generations yeah. and w- where wine is. And, 
you know, I think just I remember as a kid, I didn't drink wine. I, yeah, I, no, I drank Manischewitz no. on the stoop at Hunter High School. I drank Belly know? High when I <laughs> like, went roller skating. Uh, like, how about dusting that one off? Um, so just being a critic, uh, anyone ever call you, like giving you, like Asimov had death threats I told you about Ooh, yeah. writing a restaurant review. <laughs> anyone call you and just like, are you fucking kidding me? You gave me this. Anyone? You know, I've had a cop. I had one, not the winemaker, but I had like one. I think he might have been a PR person. Yeah. But nothing. Honestly, it was just like, oh, really? Were we that bad? And I, I don't think it was. We were kind, kind of back to your question. Yeah. What is 87? What is 88? Yeah, what is 89? Yeah, right. What does that mean? Now, you know, I get it. If you're making Barolo proper and it's like a Barolo Reserva yeah. and I give it 87, 88, like you, maybe yeah. you would hope for better. Right. Yeah. Um but look, I mean, 87 or 88 could be a pretty good sure. score. I mean, 89, yeah. if it's a, if it's an afford, if you're talking a value wine at 89 points, that's yeah. a, it's a solid and wine. something, dude, yeah. and we're not talking cellaring it, right? Yeah. We're, we're talking, that's what take it home and drink it. Yes. Yeah. Like, don't be going yeah. for the 99 point to bring to five minutes open to the cork, you know, I mean, yeah. that's cool if you do, but yeah. you're, you have to have a different perspective on it. It's like, but you might enjoy that 89 point wine tonight yeah. way more than something that we're going to score way higher. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a mood thing too. A hundred percent. Right. I mean, yeah. Um, it was so great to have you on. I'm going to tell everybody again, jebdunnick.com. Uh, please check it out. Uh, look at Audrey Frick's, uh, your Instagram is. I think it's just Audrey Frick at, or whatever, uh, under yeah, Audrey I, underscore Frick yes, at, it is. Yeah. at the Instagram, Instagram or whatever. At, at Instagram. Um, <laughs> I'm so bad with uh, social uh, please media. Please check out her uh, previous episode because you'll get her entire life story, including playing French horn and being an incredible musician. Uh, we are off to get my favorite Guinness in the city at Monk McGinn's. That's what we're doing now, but uh, everyone, I hope your 24 starts with an incredible bang and you have the best year of uh, your life ever. How's that? Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. <laughs>